0: Welcome to a podcast for Redefined Sisters. We are a discipling community of women flourishing in faith and redefined by the gospel. Our deepest desire is to equip women to be deeply rooted in the word of God and live in community with one another.
1: Welcome back, ladies, to another episode. To begin our time together, we have a fun question. What is your favorite summer dessert? Okay, Jordan, you can go ahead and share what you love in the summer.
0: Well, I love ice cream. Ice cream is probably my favorite dessert. Um, I also love strawberry shortcake, but instead of the whipped cream, add vanilla ice cream on top of it. It is delicious. And honestly, I just love a good iced coffee as well.
1: Yeah, that sounds so good. And I love that we both um, kind of wrote down strawberry.
0: <laughs> so strawberry my favorite thing in the summer.
1: Yes. Well, for me, it would be iced coffee too. Um, I forget what it's called, but you can buy it off of Amazon. I'll have to, I'll have to, after this, go and look for it. And then maybe we can link it in the notes below for the ladies, but I got it off Amazon last summer and I can make just like a really big container of iced coffee. It kind of, you brew it yourself, but you have to brew it overnight. Oh, yeah. a cold brew. It is a cold brew. I forget the name of it, but so I'll have to go look after this and we can link it um, below for the ladies, but yeah, it's really good. Cold I love. My- is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the summer when it's hot and apple pie for me, and strawberry sherbet. That sounds delicious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, welcome to the Great Commission series, ladies. Over the next two weeks, we're going to have just a beautiful conversation focused on the call given by Jesus before he ascended into heaven, known as the Great Commission, like we just talked about. But this is given to all believers. And we're going to primarily walk through the account of the woman at the well in John 4, and next week, Mary Magdalene, her, her conversion, and becoming a devoted follower of Christ, and then her involvement in the resurrection account. So be sure to grab your Bible and journal for a cup of coffee or tea, and join us as we read through the beautiful narrative in John 4. That's what we're going to do this week. So this is a probably a familiar story to you, but we're just going to slow down a little bit and dive into the conversation that Jesus has with this woman. I find that every time I read it, there's something new that the Lord shows me through this passage. And so it's just a very beautiful encounter that Jesus has with this woman. So I, Emily, will be your host, joined by my dear friend, Jordan Mills. Hi, ladies. She is also the co-founder of Redefine Sisters, so it's always fun when we can um, be on the podcast together. (laughs) Yes. So we are just thankful for you and your gracious support of this ministry and podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. So let's get into it, Jordan. So to begin, Jordan's going to read the first part of John 4, and then we'll go into some discussion points.
0: All right, John 4. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to surpass through Samaria. So when he came to the town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus had said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is that you, a Jew, ask a For a drink from me, a woman of Samaria, for Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that you are saying it to give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where did you get that living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob? Jesus said to her, go call your husband. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. The one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers had worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship.
1: So I'm going to pick up in verse 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then his disciples arrived and they were amazed that he was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar, went to town and told the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way to him. In the meantime, the disciples kept urging him, rabbi eat something. So this is the woman has left and Jesus is talking with his disciples. But he said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, Jesus told them. And Jesus is speaking about the father here. Don't you say there are still four more months and then comes the harvest. Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ready for harvest. The reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored and you've benefited from their labor. Now, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with him, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of what he said, and they told the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is the Savior of the world. After two days, he left there for Galilee. Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When they entered Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him because they had seen everything he did in Jerusalem during the festival, for they also had gone to the festival. He went again to Cana of Galilee, which was his first miracle in the book of John, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. This is the second miracle or sign. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him to come down and heal his son since he was about to die. Jesus told him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Sir, the official said to him, Come down before my boy dies. Go, Jesus told him, Your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. While he was still going down, his servants met him, saying, That his boy was alive. He asked them at what time he got better. Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. They answered, The father realized this was the very hour at which Jesus had told him, Your son will live. So he himself believed, along with his whole household. Now, this was also the second sign Jesus performed after he came from Judea to Galilee.
0: We are going to touch on a few discussion points. So in verse 4. The phrase he had or had to, this was a divine appointment giving to Jesus by the father. And we're actually going to touch on that in Psalm chapter 40, verse eight. I delight to do your will. Oh my God, your law is within my heart.
1: Yeah, that's just really good because it talks, you know, it references that Jesus is Desire was to do the father's will, and this was a divine appointment given to him by the father. Mm -hmm. So in verse five, we see that um, he came to a town of Samaria. And this is near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. And so just a little bit of background, um, Samaria is located about 40 miles north of Jerusalem. So it's the capital, the territory occupied by the 10 northern tribes of Israel at that time. So Israelites living in the northern kingdom did not worship at the Jewish temple. And this was a route that the Jews avoided. And most of them took alternate routes, which actually would take them longer to go around. And then in verse six, this is kind of, I feel like this is one of the more important things about um, the passage. And as I was reading, most scholars believe when it talks about the sixth hour, that's noon. And so gathering water was done early in the morning instead of like in the afternoon where it was really hot or late in the afternoon. But at noon, which is what, Verse six is referencing, it was the hottest part of the day. And so they speculate that this is because the woman was avoiding other people, but we don't know for certain. But the point being was that it was at this time that Jesus met with this woman by the well. And in verses seven through nine, Jesus um, broke many social and religious norms by speaking to a woman. First and foremost, he interacted with someone from a different ethnic and religious background, and he associated with someone from an immoral background. And we see that in verses 17 through 18, where it says, I don't have a husband. She answered, yes, yes. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true.
0: In verses 10 through 15, Jesus focused on her spiritual life. The heart is the inner storehouse of our outward behaviors and actions. In the Old Testament, Yahweh is referred to as the fountain of living water. We are going to read that in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And also in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 13: O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be put up to shame. Those who turn away from you shall be written in the earth, for they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. And Jesus compared the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to streams of water. We're also going to check that out in John chapter 7, verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water.
1: Thank you, Jordan. So in verses 16 through 42, Jesus focuses on this woman's personal life. So I want to read again, verses 16 through 19. Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman replied, I see you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. So I read through verse 20 there, but we see that Jesus focuses on her personal life. And so I think the important thing to remember is we all have a past and even regrets, but Jesus loves to redeem and restore our broken past, giving us a victory over our
0: shortcomings and our failures. In verses 20 through 24, even though she attempted to Redirect the conversation, Jesus brought about his redemptive purposes and bringing her to salvation. Jesus continued to reveal himself to the Samaritan woman to grow her understanding of who he is. And through this, other Samaritans would believe through her own testimony, as we saw in John chapter 4, verse 42, revealing John's purpose for writing. And we are going to read John chapter 20, verse 31 real quick but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. In verses 28 and 29, the woman left her water jar, the very thing that she needed to draw water until she received salvation. She no longer needed it, spiritually speaking, of course. She shared through her testimony what God had done in her life and many more come to believe this. And in Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of this age. Thank you,
1: Jordan. Yeah. So we wanted to tie everything up into the Great Commission, right? Because this woman, um, the very reason she came to the well to draw water, she didn't need it anymore because Jesus had given her living water. He had given her salvation. She no longer needed what she had originally came for. And through her testimony, God did incredible work in her life, and he drew other people to him. And so that is our hope and prayer for you as well. And you'll see in these episodes, a lot of my notes are from my study Bible. So this is the CSB Study Bible for Women by Holman Bible Publishers. And so I'm going to read just a little note that they had at the bottom of my Bible because I thought it was really applicable to what we were talking about. So it's called A Woman's Worth and Mission. Jesus' disciples were shocked to find him talking with a woman. And we see that in uh, verse 27 of chapter 4. Just then his disciples arrived and they were amazed that he was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you want or why are you talking with her? So John does not leave out the equally challenging details about the power of her testimony bringing the people we just talked about that, but that's in verses 28 through 30. And many Samaritans from her town believed in Jesus as the Messiah and Savior of the world. We see that in verses 39 through 42. Jesus' deliberate interaction with a Samaritan woman and his categorizing his conversion with her as doing his father's will and work revealed that God's love for each woman as an individual As a person is of inestimable value. Jesus exhorted his disciples to recognize the fields ready for spiritual harvest, emphasizing the urgency of harvesting souls. And that is what Jesus did in the life of this woman. Not only is the good news of salvation in Christ intended for women, but the Lord of the harvest takes delight in expanding his kingdom through the testimony of women who have experienced his life transforming forgiveness and who will proclaim joyfully, unabashedly, and without hesitation who Jesus is and what he has done. So before we end our time today, I just want to see what Jordan's absolute favorite part about our conversation was. I know we had a lot of discussion points and we will share the scripture we used in the notes at the bottom of this episode in the text box. You know what I mean, Jordan? (laughs) The description. The description box, yes, yes. The Jordan is the techie one behind this. I am not.
0: (laughs) I love I just love hearing this story. Every time I hear it, there's always something new that kind of pops out or there's just new references I can make to other parts of scripture to this story. But I love seeing the connection of living water and the fact that she was there to just get water and how she left her jar in the end. For the one thing that she came for, she left without, but she received something so much greater. And it just, this story is such a good reminder that we all have a past and that we all can be redeemed by him and just loved more than ever before. The story gets me every time.
1: Yeah, it is, it is really a great story. I, I love reading it over and over. And I, yeah, I've always loved the story of the Samaritan woman. And I feel like God opens my eyes every time I dig into the passage. And so I just like that her past is redeemed in one single moment. She leaves her water jar. Um, I've talked about this, but, you know, previously, but it's just the very reason she came to draw water, but it powerfully declares what God has done in her life. So I think that's, you know, my biggest takeaway. And so I have another question. What can we personally do to fulfill the call that Jesus has given us as women forever changed by the gospel? So for me, I think it's important to remember that we can faithfully declare what God has done in our own lives through our personal testimonies and sharing Jesus with our friends, family, neighbors, and coworkers. But we also get to participate in the work that God is doing in our local churches by serving and further teaching and equipping women to follow him. Uh, We also do this by serving our families and teaching our children to love the Lord. So uh, we really wanted to tie in the Great Commission to this because I think it's very important we see that the woman is going to share um, the gospel, the good news of what Christ has done in her own life.
0: I was actually gonna say the same exact thing that declaring what God has done within our own life and seeing what he's doing through our local church and then planting roots there and just digging in and helping. Like that's such an important thing that us as followers need to do. And it's not, I don't believe it's said enough that, Our family is our greatest commission, and I'll say that over and over again, that our children and our family is our greatest commission, helping and just doing all of that within your local church and others, I feel just has such a huge impact that it's it's just not talked about enough.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It should be talked about more for sure, and that's why we did this, these two this two week series is to really um, put emphasis on the Great Commission and what we can do in sharing our own testimony about what Christ has done in our own life, and really helping women in the church because women are really hurting, whether they say it or not, they are they're hurting and they have a past that they that they need redeemed, and that's why Jesus came. He he loves absolutely loves to heal the
0: brokenness in our lives. He really does. And it's all for his glory. And I hope it helps one of you ladies listening to this because hurting is a real thing and we have gone through it ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we've all, we've all walked through the process of being healed from our past. Um, you know, as, as believers in Christ, we've all had to, we've all made that decision to put our faith and trust in Jesus. Um, because we recognize our deep spiritual need, right? Um, for him.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, this has been a lot of fun, ladies. If you want to talk or you need prayer, please reach out to us at hello at sisters.com. And we would love to connect with you. If you are local um, in the Houston area, then please know this is your personal invitation to grab coffee with me. I, I love um, just meeting with you and. Being in person together, so I can actually hug your neck and not give you a virtual hug because that's not as fun. So <laughs> but thank you so much, ladies, and we will talk soon. Bye. Bye, ladies. Hi, ladies. Emily here again. And I wanted to just provide some explanation for the difficult names in the Bible to pronounce. Um, we are all learning together. And it's okay that we don't say them perfectly. You know, Kate and Jordan are just, it, it's just amazing watching the Lord work in their life and what they're learning and what, what God is teaching them. And that is all teaching us something. And we're here to support and encourage and so my goal today here is just to help provide some insight and pronunciation to the difficult words that we see in scripture, especially from our episode last week. But again, we're all learning together. And um, my degree is actually in biblical studies. And, you know, I'm probably not going to pronounce them perfectly, either, but here we go. We're going to do this together. So if you go to Genesis 30, so this is from our last episode. It was really, really good. Um, so I'm going to pronounce Bill ha. and, um, this was, I believe, Rachel's maid. Yes, it was Rachel's maid. So that's kind of the pronunciation there. And then if we go over to, um, the next page in verse eight of chapter 30, it said, Rachel said, in my wrestlings with God, I have wrestled with my sister in one, and she named him Naphtali. And so this was Rachel's slave, Bilha who conceived again. And then verse nine, when Rachel, or I'm sorry, when Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her slave, Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Verse 11, then Leah said, what good fortune? And she named him Gad. Now we'll go on to verse 17. And actually, I'm going to go to verse 18 of uh, chapter 30. Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my slave to my husband. And she named him Issachar. Verse 19. This time, my husband will honor me because I have four, six sons for him. And she named him Zebulun. Verse 27. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor with you, stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. So honestly, ladies, if you, you can, you can Google these two, if they're hard to pronounce and they are, <laughs> this was a completely different culture. And so when we translate into the English language, it's really hard. But I just wanted to encourage you that, encourage all of us that the main, the main thing is really just studying God's word, really delighting God's word. And you won't always understand it correctly. Um, Sometimes I come away with what I read and I'm like, what just happened? (laughs) Like sometimes in my journal, I'm like, I don't even know what to write down at this point. So you're not alone, but we are walking through this Bible reading plan together. And we invite you to be a part of our community. Thank you so much, sister. Have a blessed day.
0: Thank you for listening. To continue the conversation with us, join our free membership community at www.facebook.com groups slash sisters. We cannot wait to connect with you.